Welcome to the Grace-Filled Food Freedom Podcast. In this podcast, you can expect to be inspired and equipped to ditch diets, eat well, and let your light shine. Every time you listen, you can expect practical tips straight from the Word of God that are going to get you on the road to food freedom today gooey bites of deliciousness that will make you shimmy in your seat because you know that God is speaking directly to you. Are you ready? All right, grab a fork. Let's dive in. Do bread and carbs call your name? Well, we have two questions here from Anne and Dee that are both related to the lore of carbohydrates and that battle we have of wanting to eat things like bread and sweets, but feeling like it's something we shouldn't have. And as I was reading these questions initially, it struck me as a child of the 80s, we started dieting in the 90s when fat was like out, you know, not supposed to eat fat. Yet I would eat entire boxes of snack wall cookies. <laughs> I didn't binge on bread. <laughs> Kind of interesting. Bread, because it was considered fat-free those days, and all good, because I would get the Weight Watchers bread that was like 40 calories a slice, bread was not off limits. And so I didn't feel magnetized to bread. And so that's an interesting perspective as we go into this in the years of keto, intermittent fasting, paleo, low carb, that have been the more popular diets. Now, bread has this bad rap, but it's so good. How do we address it? And so. Dee had said, I continually have an issue with carbs. I will buy a loaf of homemade bread with every good intention of cutting it into slices, but somehow I always end up eating the entire loaf. She's unconsciously eating. How can I stop and get better control over my life, please? And then Anne was saying, stress and tiredness make a great combination for bread and cheese. (laughs) Don't even ask about how that is intensified if there's something sugary in the house. Oh, both ladies are feeling out of control with particular types of food. And diets have taught us that the solution is to fix the food, to cut it out, to avoid it because it's a problem. But when we cut it out, we're creating a heightened emotion around it where because the food's off limits, it's kind of what we want. I mean, as a parent, I see this all the time. Oh, we're going to go for a walk now and then we'll come home and go swimming. Oh, no, 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 I want to go swimming. Then we're going to go on a walk. Like, whatever I say, my daughter's seven, whatever I say, the exact opposite is what she wants to do. And there's part inside of us that's a little bit of toddler, a little bit of teenager. And as soon as something's off limits, we think, hmm, that's what I really want. So we have had a decade of diets that tell us we should avoid carbs. Carbs are what are making us overweight. Carbs are addictive. Sugar is addictive. Cut it out. But then we cut it out and we want it and then we eat it and then we eat too much. And it really leaves us in an icky state where it feels like we're really addicted to this food. So in my opinion, the best thing we can do is to reduce the labeling and the negative self-talk around these specific foods. Listen, God is amazing. He was like omniscient, he's omnipresent, like he's in the past, he's in the future, he's like everywhere beyond. I believe in my heart of hearts with all his wisdom and the prophecy we find in the word of God that he could have told us in the last days, they'll have processed foods and you should avoid it. Like totally, don't eat the processed foods. And yet 
he tells us that in the last days, there will be rules about what to eat. It will be seen as a form of godliness. So I'm going to avoid the food and that's going to make me feel righteous and holy. But God cares about the state of our hearts. He's not detail oriented and weighing and measuring food. However, what happens when we start cutting these foods out, they start to have little place in our heart. We start to idolize them. We start to think about them all the time. And when we do get them, there's such guilt and shame that we eat them fast, that we don't enjoy them. Then we have them some more, then we're going to not eat them tomorrow. And this is back and forth motion that keeps us stuck in this cycle. I think one of the best things we can do is to give ourselves permission to eat all foods. Now, I know that's really scary and hear me out. Don't go buy everything and bring it home with the expectation that that's going to fix it. We have to have some skills, some spiritual muscles, uh, really growing that fruit of the spirit in order to kind of get to that place. However, you can adopt the mindset that all food is clean, that God has made all foods good, that there are no diet rules in the Bible, right? That's Old Testament times. In the New Testament, he says all foods are clean. He told Peter to kill and eat even those unclean animals. And switching your mindset and watching yourself talk about what you should and should eat, can and can't have, will begin to change this internal environment and how we think about certain foods. So bread, because <laughs> both ladies are talking about bread. Bread is like heightened. For me, it was chocolate. And then in my dieting days, it was like diet hot cocoa. I would go buy like boxes of diet hot cocoa. And then I would like promise myself, that's it, and it's diet hot cocoa. But it like would make me feel bad and I felt out of control and it was like a whole thing. Don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. And so I would avoid it. And then I'd do okay for a little while. And then I'd go back and buy much, right? So finally I just bought a bunch and kept it in the house because it's diet hot cocoa. Goodness gracious. And then over time it became easy to navigate and it wasn't a problem anymore. And now I just drink hot cocoa in the winter. It's not a problem at all. Something along the lines of bread. Well, the homemade bread that you mentioned getting D that's super challenging. You may want to start with something that's a little bit less challenging. Just initially get some Ezekiel bread. I know it's not the same as like a homemade Italian loaf, but something to start with and plan on having it every single day. I love Ezekiel bread with like an omelet, like eggs with like veggies and stuff in it. It's so good. Now, Ezekiel bread has to be toasted or it's not very tasty, but to have that consistently and to know that you have it to look forward to could be really helpful. Or if you decide you want to get that bread, buy it with the expectation that you are going to continue to buy it. Like you're always going to have. This is the kind of thinking that will help us calm down. I'm always gonna have that bread at home. When I finish it up, I'm gonna go buy some more. Like there's no scarcity, there's no freaking out. Like I'm gonna have it every single day for breakfast or lunch or whatever it is that you wanna have until it's gone. And then I'm gonna go buy another loaf. And the idea is that that exposure, that assurance that it will be there, will start to calm some of that panic. We do wanna set ourselves up for success. Like if ice cream is our trouble thing that always trips us up, we probably don't wanna buy like five gallon buckets of ice cream and bring them at home, because that could be really challenging. But we might be able to find something that would feel easier to navigate, where we can start to break down those walls and those fears around the food. Currently, it reminds me of what you're doing there, Dee. We've been buying this like sourdough at a local produce stand. It comes already sliced, so we have that on our advantage. But tossing in the freezer, and it's just amazing. Or maybe you can find something that's already sliced so you don't have to do that, or use one of the strategies that I mentioned earlier. Choose something that's a little less tempting and have it consistently, 
or promise yourself like you're always going to have that in the house so that you don't feel like you have to eat it all now because it's just going to replenish itself like the everlasting gobstopper. And over time, it will become a little less alluring. So, Ian, you mentioned that stress sends you to bread and cheese, and then if you have sugar in the house, then it makes things even intensified. And I'm so happy that you're able to notice stress and tiredness. Sometimes, when we're struggling, it can feel like every food of every kind at every time of the day, every place and space, blah, blah, blah. It's all an issue. But now you've identified stress and tiredness. And they probably go hand in hand. When I'm tired, like I haven't rested, stress bothers me a lot more. If I'm stressed, I may not sleep well. So we get in this cycle. And the food is the symptom. So rather than trying to hyper-focus on the food, consider, as I mentioned before with D, are there some alternate options that you could bring at home that would be good, but maybe not so good that it made you feel out of control? If it's something sweet or sugary, maybe you have like frozen fruit and yogurt. I know it's not nearly as exciting, but you're meeting the need without setting yourself up for failure. And then think about what causes the stress and tiredness. Maybe it is something you can't change, but what can you? Can you change your self-talk? Can you change your schedule a little bit? Can you change the way that you manage the stressors by saying no or getting to bed a little bit earlier? There are often practical steps that we can take, and yet we get so overwhelmed and so hyper-focused on the food that that's all we can see. So, Anne, I would suggest you sit down, you pray, you get quiet with the Lord, and you literally brain dump what you think is going on. And now, little warning, when we get stuff on paper, it could be relieving, but it could also be really overwhelming. When we brain dump, we're not talking about an accurate representation of what's happening in our lives. We're talking about the drama, the drama queen kind of thinking, the fairy tales, all this stuff that gets in our brain and it gets exaggerated and over the top. This is the kind of stuff you get out of your head and onto paper. And then really practical things too, like, all right, what are some ways that I could address the stress? What is stressing me out? What works? What doesn't? And literally get it all out of your head and onto paper and you can add to it as you need to. And then I want you to look at that list. You could have like a red marker, a yellow marker, a green marker, I guess highlighters would be better. And as you do the list, just like X out the things that are like no value. We know what it is. It's like, well, I just need to never sleep so I can get all my stuff done or I just need to sleep for a week. Like that's not gonna happen. Exit out. Then we have our yellow items. These are things with some value, but like I don't know, I wanna take action on it right now. Kinda need to sleep on it. <laughs> and then green are like, oh, that's a no brainer, right? Oh, go to bed 30 minutes early. Ooh, no brainer, right? Take 15 minute walk after dinner to de-stress. No brainer, highlight with green, highlight with green, highlight with green. Now we have a list of actionable steps. Bread and cheese are still there, sweets are still there, maybe we have some alternatives, maybe we don't, but we're getting to the root of the matter, that way you're not fighting yourself and you're actually getting to a place where you can make a difference. If you keep focusing on the food, you're adding more stress and then you're tired and that's just the whole thing. Look at the green items. Is there one thing, just one, not two, just one that you could do? Are you? 80, 90% confident you could nail it. And if not, scale it back. Example of, I'm gonna go to 30 minutes, go to bed 30 minutes early every night. That's great. Can I do it? Oh, I don't know, I really enjoy that time. Great, 
Can I do 15? Hmm. Yeah, I can do 15 or no. It's 15 still it's too hard. And you aim for five minutes earlier. In hindsight, you can see the value when you're in it. It's kind of hard and it doesn't seem worth it, but we start to eke our way into that incremental change that will make a difference over time. Or maybe you see, I really want to work on my self-talk because that stresses me out. I have these unrealistic expectations. I want to be perfect. All I see around me is failure. I'm speaking for myself. And so I'm going to work on getting some thoughts that way when I feel panicked, I will say God is in control. He's ordaining my steps. The Holy Spirit will guide and direct me in the way I should go. He's not going to give me more than I can handle. Right now, this is what I'm focusing on. God, help me with what comes next. And we move on and we say it a hundred times every day if we need to. And then the bread may be a little less appealing, but if it's not, don't let it discourage you. Continue to work at the heart. And through that, over time, you'll begin to make the progress that you're looking for. So I hope you guys have found that helpful. That's a lot of information, but I see a lot of similarities as we talk about stress and thoughts and all foods being clean and sort of addressing the actual root of the issue rather than always focusing on the food, which causes more stress and more anxiety and makes us feel more out of control. Because when you bring the Lord into every area of your life, well, it changes everything. Oh, P.S. Have you ever been completely puzzled by your overeating? Like you knew what to do and then you ignored it all and you found yourself covered in cookie crumbs. Well, if you can relate, today's freebie is for you. It's the 10 reasons why you can't stop overeating freebie and in it we'll break down the top 10 reasons why ladies struggle with eating too much. And then we won't just leave it there. We're gonna give you 10 solutions so that you can move forward in a purposeful and prayerful way. So you ready? All right, grab the link in the show notes below. Oh, just one more thing. If you have a moment, could you please, pretty please, with a sprinkle on top, go and leave us a podcast rate and review? When you do that, it's like sprinkling a special podcast fairy dust on the Grace-Filled Food Freedom Podcast. It lets Apple and all the other podcast apps know that this is a very helpful, very relevant podcast, and it will show it to lots more women just like you, women who need hope and need food freedom. Do you mind? Awesome. Thanks. I really appreciate it. Well, it certainly was lovely to spend some time with you, sis. I hope that you're enjoying a taste of food freedom. Now, if you're looking for more of an entree, I'd love to officially invite you to my Platinum program. It's a six month deep dive, start to finish program that is going to immerse you in God's word and God's plan for food freedom. You can find out more at gracefulplate.com forward slash platinum. Be sure to check it out. I'll see you there.